Let's see. Are we starting a choir? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, it, I would not necessarily think it would be a successful choir, no. but <laughs> we would definitely get a couple of bucks. We could or, go like door to door at Christmas and sing carolers. That's carolers. Carolers. Yeah. No words, just This is now going to be our Christmas episode. <laughs> You're listening to the Can't Sell This podcast. With your hosts, Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambart. Stefan. Hugh. We are back in the studio after a long hiatus apart. Yes. And I'm pretty out. I know. to see you. I don't want to get into it. I had tears in my eyes. I have tears in my eyes now. I, my but that's because I fake cry and then oh, I cry. damn it. But... I'm excited because initially when we invited the first guest, we did it because of her success. And Mm -hmm. I thought maybe she might have some advice to give to people to be successful. In the interim of being invited and accepting, she started a whole new thing. What? What? With a co-founder. No. And I am extremely grateful to have them both in studio. So if I could get you both to uh, introduce yourselves, that would be great. Sure, I can start. So my name is Meg Button. I am a co-founder of an agency called New Screen. We've been around for seven years now. Um, I also have started uh, doing Women X Work with Shannon, which is an initiative that we started because we were helping a lot of women um, with advice on work and how to get jobs and things like that. And one of the things I noticed was like we were doing it a lot kind of one-on-one or behind the scenes or in DMs. And a lot of the information was really valuable and useful. So we decided to put it in a public forum and host a weekly Twitter chat. Yeah, so we got tired of sliding into people's DMs is essentially (laughs) what you're saying. Or being slid into. Also true. Um, So I'm Shannon. Um, I've worked in marketing and advertising for about 11 years. Um, For the past year and a half, I've been working more in the freelance space, um, which is super fun because I get to work with a whole bunch of different clients. Um, But Meg and I decided to start this thing mostly because there's not a lot of information, especially for women freelancers out there. It's basically like a free-for-all and asking Google to figure everything out for you. (laughs) Like the the stack overflow of freelance. I have to say, like, it it was probably... Three weeks ago, you started doing this. Was that about right? Uh, we th- we just did our fifth one yesterday. Fifth one. Oh yeah. my god, I'm the worst. So <laughs> That's okay. I'm I'm only a, a, a semi trained uh, host of a podcast, <laughs> but I'm pretty fresh. I'm I'm really I'm really into it because I I, I think the uh, ability to, and I've said this many times is like a rising tide lifts all ships. So like this concept of providing advice not just for one person, and that and that to me is what what makes both of you so uh, valuable. To the community at large, and and what I hope to get out of this is is um, just a whole bunch of random advice that you <laughs> sure. that you've been finding over the past few weeks, and 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 uh, I'm glad that we had this opportunity as opposed to just so you have a business, and <laughs> yeah. I, 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 not that that <laughs> not that that takes away that's from it, boring, <laughs> but but I really do love that I love the fact that you're attempting to create a, a larger community out of what you're doing. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, um, when people talk about freelancers, they often think of like somebody who's just doing it on the weekend or work at nights. They don't think of people who want to make a full-time living out of it. Or they don't think of someone like me who has two businesses and I still do freelance projects because it's a great way for me to like find different ways to mm-hmm. solve creative problems. So I don't look at it as something I have to do. I look at it as something I want to do. And I think that's what I notice with the resources is it's a lot geared to people who are on like Upwork or Fiverr and they're trying to do skilled based work hourly to make a bit of extra money, which is not what I found when I was talking to a lot of women. They were doing it to create their own lifestyle. They were doing it to create their own schedule. Or I was talking to founders who are like, I have this passion I want to do and I want to figure out how do I make money and I don't know how to make this thing I love to do a business. And to me, it's like, okay, well, let's set you up like a business of one. And let's talk about that. And let's figure out what your challenges are and figure out how we can help. And that's where I kind of liked opening up like the term freelancer. Cause I'm like, you could be a moonlighter, an independent contractor, a yeah. business. What, what do you, what do you want to call yourself? What makes you feel good about what you're doing? And everyone's invited to have a conversation. And if you're, 
if you're not sure yet and you just want to ask questions too, like that's totally cool too. Yeah, and let's go back to Fiverr for a second because I seriously <laughs> hate Fiverr yeah, so yeah. much. Um, oh, Fiverr. The idea that we want to all downgrade our own value is just inherently terrible. Um, and Fiverr is great if you want something done very quickly and very cheaply, but that never means that it's good. It's that whole, like, Venn diagram. Yeah, you can have good, something— cheap, and fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Fiverr is just— cheap and fast yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so good is almost entirely out of the question yeah i also think with like a lot of service-based businesses we're used to this kind of idea that like there's some client and they have the money and we're all supposed to like grovel at that person and be like please give me some of that money like and then you're competing with all these other people on a basis that doesn't even matter like i don't like competing on price that's not something that i think is like shows my strength at all but I feel like that's the market when you're in like freelance service-based kind of work um and I think changing that dialogue and putting more power into the person that's doing the work and saying like you don't have to enter those conversations if you don't want to and you can switch those conversations if you don't want to be bidding against 10 other freelancers for a job don't like you don't have to and if you want to go say this is the kind of client i want and you want to take the power back instead of saying who are all the people that could work with me like change it like who do i want to work with yeah. and you and a lot of people aren't used to that i know i wasn't used to that as a, somebody who was a designer for years and years and years it would be like who needs design work? And then someone's like, me, I need this flyer. I'm like, oh, okay. And they do it. Here's my invoice. Like, and it's just, you don't, you don't feel like you're, you feel like you're serving other people and you feel like you're doing it for, you know, changing Mm -hmm. time for money and it can feel really limiting. So I like the idea of saying, no, like take it back. Like how much money do you want to make? Who do you want to work with? What type of work do you want to do? What are your boundaries? And I love it when women say to me, no, I pick my kids up at three and I don't work after that. I'm like, cool. That's your life. That's what you want to do. Yeah, 100%. And then create the life you want around that. You don't have to be at the beck and call of everybody. And I think that's a specifically with women, but I think freelancers and service-based people that are used to that, you're used to just being at everybody's kind of disposal at any hours. And Shannon, you said you started freelancing just about a year ago? Year and a half. Okay. And in that time, when you started, were you already prepped for freelance? Were you already in that mindset? Like, I've already dealt with freelancers. <laughs> I know exactly how to do this. Or, no. So have you grown into it, do you feel? Yeah, it, it kind of happened by accident. And I ended up taking quite a few contracts and freelance opportunities. Um, I have a lot of friends in the industry. So it's it's easy for me to say, like, hey, do you need me to work with you? Because the thing is, I'm not a designer. I work in strategy. Um, and I have a, like, I'm a digital and social strategist. So examples of my work is, like, here's the strategy I did, and here's the creative that came out of it. But, like, it's really, yeah. I can't send someone a deck I did. It's like, <laughs> like what I can't exactly send you the deck I did for McDonald's in the U.S. Because, one, I'm under an NDA. <laughs> well, we can't cut that out of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, McDonald's. Boop. More like Friendier. <laughs> okay, we use that word a lot. We use Friendier a lot. Dude, all, a the lot. Time. Yeah. all the time. All the time. Meg and I, like, our entire friendship is a Friendier. <laughs> yeah. 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 Stefan, you got anything to... Yeah. Um, Stefan, so, for the record, Stefan's been freelancing for three, three years, years now. now. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not the first time I, in my career that I was a freelancer. I started as a freelancer when I was in animation. And... For me, in the last three years, that's one of the things that I I noticed the most was that when I started out, being a freelancer was rough. You know, you're not meeting anybody. You're not networking. You're working out of your mom's basement. Um, Now, as a freelancer, I I have a home office. Uh, I get to make my own hours. You know, I spend one day a week working from a coffee shop downtown so that I can meet with people. And it's it's much more relaxing, uh, and I get more work done. So... Uh, very different experience, very different needs as a freelancer. So I, one of my questions was going to be, do you see people coming in with very different sort of needs or very different requests from you for like, you know, you know how, how do I network if I'm a freelancer mm-hmm. and I'm working from home? It's, it's actually really interesting because I think a lot of people don't really think of themselves when they first start freelancing, to be honest. Like, I usually hear people asking me first, it's like, how do I get my first clients? How do I track my accounting? How do I do my taxes? And it's very, like, almost the nervousness that you have of, like, 
everything that your company used to take care of that's now on your plate, you don't know how to navigate it and that insecurity. And then I feel like once that part settles, then it's a little bit more of the anxiety of like cash flow, ebbs and flows in business. How do I not take on too much, not like too little? And then I feel like the third tier is kind of what you're talking about, which is like, what do I actually want? Do I actually like this? Because something I found too is very senior people that go out to start freelancing, um, kind of like what Shannon was saying, a lot of people don't want to hire a senior person to just do a senior task. They're looking for somebody who can complete something, right? So if you're a senior person who was working at a company and you didn't have to do those kind of like, you know, more admin tasks or production tasks, now all of a sudden you've got a person asking you to do it. You feel like you need to because you're a one man show or one woman show. And then you start to resent the work because you are not doing the work that you wanted to do in the first place. Mm. Um, And all of those conversations, I think, are important. And I think it's hard when you feel like you're dealing with it and trying to navigate it on your own. And I feel like a lot of the things people talk to me about, they think they're the only one. And I'm like, oh, you're the 10th person that's asked me that this week. <laughs> like, yeah. this is a thing. And I kept saying that to Shannon. Like, every time someone would DM me, I'd be like, this is a thing. I don't know the answer. I'll find out for her. But this is a thing. And, like, I kept doing it. And I'm, yeah. then all of a sudden one day I'm, like, re- I'm like messaging recruiters, messaging companies. I'm like, what do I do? This is what I do. Am I in HR? Like, I didn't know why I was doing it. Well, but I just wanted, to, wanted to help. I, I mean, wanted, it's just the way we work. Like, I just <laughs> wanted – I literally just wanted to help. But I was also – like, that's when I kind of realized. Like there's so much stuff that I want to put it in a place where like even there's a lot of people out there that probably like have questions that would never just randomly DM me that don't know me. Like the people that are reaching out to me, like the first thing I think of is like, that's so cool. You are brave enough to do that because if I was in that situation, I probably wouldn't. I'd be the one stirring at home by myself on Google, like, you know, the 10th page of Google downloading weird PDF white papers on how to be a freelancer, (laughs) right? So, like, the people that have the courage to, like, communicate with me, I feel like I need to, like, get back to them. So that's why I want to put it out there and make, make sure people don't feel weird about it. If they have things that are stressing them out, like, talk to other people about it and, like, even just bouncing ideas off each other, I think it can help people get unstuck from whatever they're kind of sitting in. Yeah, I mean, we right before we started this, I had a, like, 20-person Twitter thread going of a whole bunch of women just talking about how people don't pay us. Um, like, just waiting for payment and being like, God, it's been six weeks. Like, do you charge an extra fee? And that's a serious question that people have. Like, do you charge fees for delayed payment? Um, Just talked about that. It's true. Like, I I was waiting for two months for a payment that was due, like, within 30 days. And I'm just like, guys, can you just tell me when you're going to pay me? That would be really helpful. Yeah. Because I can't actually tell my landlord or my credit card company that, like, the people who owe me money just have decided not to pay me on time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and uh, in addition, the biggest problem I had when I was freelance is that some agencies have 60 to 90 day, 220 day payment policies. Yeah, that's a and, hard note. And they say, well, th- that's the thing. You don't find out about it until you send in their, your invoice. And they're like, yeah. oh, by the way, did we tell you? And you're like, no, you didn't. And I would have not at all taken that project. No, not at all. I do have one client who's amazing. And they actually um, ask for all my banking information. And they'll just- Wire. Yeah, right? everything's oh. wired. They're like, so I talked to finance, and you'll be getting it in on Friday. I'm like, you guys are the best. It's so easy. Like, you just yeah. pay me on time. Now, are my hours always exactly what they say they're going to be? Almost literally never. Um, they're like, we're contracting this, you for- Again, this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, Check me out on this podcast where I lied to my clients. <laughs> no, 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 no. My clients will be like, so we need you for 16 hours. And I'm like, cool, no problem. I'll do the work. It's done. And then they're like, ah. Yeah, we need like five more hours and ten more. And like yeah, the, yeah. this client is fantastic because they're always just like, and we need you to do more work. Yeah. In a very short period of time. But can you do it? And I'm always like, yeah, sure, no problem. For sure. For sure. Well, invoicing is always a, a nice thing. Wire transfers blew my mind when somebody told me about it. And I was like, I started saying to clients, like, so we can set up a wire transfer, right? And like, oh yeah, we totally can do that. Th- that's what I would like to do then. <laughs> like to get paid. I would like <laughs> one of those, sir. Here is my invoice. I'm, yeah. <gasps> that money went in my account. I'll take two. <laughs> Could I invoice you again? <laughs> yeah, like let's all be done with checks. Like, oh my god, uh, just be done with I them hate forever. So much. It's I also like, think it's hard though when people are coming from a space where they haven't had to deal with that before. Like, 
I empathize with people, especially creative people that I talk to that are just so uncomfortable with it. They're uncomfortable talking about how much their work costs. They're uncomfortable talking about money to a client, asking for money, following up about money. And I get that because, like, if you've never done that before, even if you know it's part of what you do, when you actually are faced with that and... You, in a way, you know that the company has more leverage, especially if you've done the work. They have what they want mm-hmm. from you, and you're just, like, the sad sack who wants to get paid. Like, you don't have much leverage, right? So I think that that's something that you assume is going to be easy if you do have connections and clients and stuff like that. And then you actually get in a situation where you have to talk about money, and a lot of people, like, just are uncomfortable with it. And they spend tons of time stressed yeah. about it yep. when, like, really, if they just thought about it ahead of time, did some planning or just like, It's all got to be part of the paperwork. Yeah. And before yeah. you sign anything, it's all got to be part of the paperwork. I don't, I, I, I never have a problem talking about money. Like yeah. It, it's yeah. just one of those things where I'm like, look, I bill 50% up front. I want to get paid before I start working. And they're like, oh, we have a 60 day. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I have a 60 day until I start working policy because I don't get, I don't get paid. I don't get work yeah. done. So yeah. that's, I think one of the biggest differences between from when I started as a freelancer to now as a freelancer. I, I used to just get super nervous and sweaty mm-hmm. when I had to uh, to talk about money, right? Because I just I was like I don't know I don't know what they're gonna are they gonna get mad at me for for bringing it up? Yeah. And now it's just I know it's just a conversation. So you know when something happens where I'm just like hey listen you know like we haven't worked together before I'm gonna have to ask for fifty percent up front. You know I I don't get worried about asking that anymore because it's just business and they yeah. understand that. Yeah. And yeah. It's yeah. like well we can't do twenty five or we can't do fifty can we do twenty five? You know I'm like. Yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever yeah. you're comfortable with. Like, that's the thing is if if that doesn't worry you or stress you out or whatever, like, then don't make a problem where there isn't one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, fe- I find everyone tries to be, like, have this formula to how they want to run their business or how they want to freelance. But it really comes down to, like, what you want to charge, how you want to bill your clients. Like, if you say to your clients, I want, like, 100 bucks a week, like, whatever. If that's what you want, you set your own terms. Like, I feel like we all feel like we have to do it the same way. And if money... Like, isn't some like if you have money and you're doing it more for creative freedom, then take on the weird client that has a you know, you don't get paid in a year, you get paid in chocolate bars or whatever. Like, that's your own, <laughs> that's your own thing, you know. Like, everyone feels like they have to follow away. And it's, I feel like you have to really think about what works for you and what where you're at in your career and if you're willing to take those risks or not. Cause it all comes down to risk taking, right? When you're taking on a client and they're taking on you and you're not sure and everyone's nervous, it's cause you're taking a risk, you're taking mm. a risk on each other. And if you want to be safer, then have more paperwork, have more rules. If you want to be looser and you can afford to do that, then do it. I mean, yeah, but what I hate is the the feeling of begging. I'm just like, can you pay me on time, please? And they don't. <laughs> and you somehow feel like you're begging or pestering them. Mm. And I hate that feeling. Well, yeah, I think in business in general, that, that takes the wind out of your sails. Like, yeah. that makes you feel less confident when you go into the next project. Like, when you go from, like, groveling at someone's feet, and then, like, the next day you have a meeting, and you're like, hello, I'm good at everything I do, and I'm really confident. And meanwhile, you've just been, like, begging someone for money. Like, it's very hard for people to, like, balance those two types of... I did a a rush job for a client, and and I said, look, I will drop everything, and I'll do this job for you, but I want to get paid when I deliver. And I handed the... I sent sent the files over, and they took a week, and I was like, okay, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming to your office. And the guy's like, whoa, no, our president's here from, like, another office. I went, good. <laughs> then he can sign the check. And I showed up, and, like, there was, like, six people in front of me. I'm like, wow. pay your fucking bills. Like, if they're uncomfortable with talking about money, that's a red flag. That yeah. is a huge yes. red flag. You know? Like, yeah. if, if, if you say to them, my hourly is this, and I want to get paid this, and they aren't comfortable having that conversation, walk away. Walk away because they're not going to pay or they're going to delay paying or they're going to shortchange you. Yeah. I mean, and the shortchanging is awful, too, because we budget, especially when you're in a freelance space. But I would also argue that part of the reason Women X Work works, huh? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Still works. Yeah. uh, Is because women have a different experience in the freelance space. And a lot of us deal with more of the financial issues in a very different way. Um, And it's just it's a it's a strange difference that's sort of a legacy of the industries that we choose to work in. I mean, I still, like, I do a lot of contracting with advertising. I do strategic work for brands. And advertising to this day is very much a boys club. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, and it and it actually sucks a lot that that has to be a consideration mm-hmm. on your side. Yeah. Because that's consideration on their side. Like, I, I don't, I don't really think about, I never really have to think about what I 
look like or what I dress like. It's just not something I have to consider. And the fact that it becomes a thing that I am aware of due to having a uh, I've had a partner for 20 years. And I mean, I, I know what it's like to that the appearance matters kind mm-hmm. of thing. It makes me it makes me sad to to continue to see this. I think that's part of the reason that the women X work thing is is so vital because it helps to create a level playing field for people that uh, they feel that they're alone or they feel that they don't have the ability to make calls or to you know stand up and 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 just be themselves. And I, I think that's what makes that this this endeavor so so gratifying to watch. For sure. I, I actually went to um, a woman that I'd met like a few years ago, and she's launching a new TV show to support women doing business. And she has a whole bunch of range of topics. So I went to support her. And another woman had commented and, and said like, oh, you know, um, is this something that like you're thinking of doing? I'm like, well, no, I'm here to support her. And she's like, what like what are you doing for the show? And I'm like, no, I'm here to show my support to her. So we're going back and forth. And then she comes over and goes, well, I went to an event. That's how I met Meg. Like I went to one of her events and supported her. And we've been friends online. And we support each other. And I said, we're just we come at it from a very different perspective. She's from like an academic background and was doing that within her university. And I was doing it more like learn like someone would do something to me I would learn and then I would like take my personal experience like here just figuring it out so our backgrounds are very different of how we got there but this woman said to me she goes it's very weird for me to see this kind of camaraderie among women in your age because she's like the women I work with that are your age are thought to compete against each other and she's like the fact that you're just here to say I'm here to support you and it's not a competition you're not comparing yourself or whatever and I thought like that's also a reason why I think we're kind of intimidated sometimes to e- actually reach out to each other because even in the freelance space like people are like oh why are you retweeting that girl she does the same thing that you do and I'm like what are you talking about yeah. like <laughs> if you live in that mindset of scarcity yeah. where we're all protecting our own food and out for ourselves like I don't I don't believe that at all and I think like one of the things that I like to bring is that because I've made a lot of mistakes and because I own up to them and I'm happy to share them. And if I had to go through a terrible time and if someone can learn from it, that's what makes it okay to me. That's what makes it something that I can move past. So I'm happy to share that stuff. But I find there's still a lot of that in the workplace where everyone's like, you know, trying to button themselves up and look a certain way. And I've got it all together. And it's like, it's, it's okay if you don't. And it's okay if like, you can, like, a lot of the time our jealousy is fueled because, like, you admire that person and you mm-hmm. wish you are a little bit like them. And, like, yeah. it's okay to be like, well, that person's just cool. And, like, that's it. It's n- You don't have to tear them down or you don't have to say you're competing for that same $1,000 job. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, yeah. you're going to be okay. Someone <laughs> else's success is not your failure. For yeah, sure. Man. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it was our second time doing Women X Work. This... This woman was kind of lurking and then joined in at the very end, and she uh, she said that she's a new mom, and she was terrified to get into the freelance space, but that after that conversation and talking to all those different women, she felt like she'd been saved. She felt completely comfortable doing it, and she felt supported, and we're both like, okay, we're going to cry a little. <laughs> I did cry because yeah, an hour after that, a woman... DM me and was like, this is the most confidence. I, I'm going to cry again. She's like, this is the most confidence I've had in my entire career. Like in a Twitter chat. Wow. And I'm like, what happened to you? Where are you? Can I send you a pin of where I am? Can we hug for a minute? Because like, <laughs> what happened? But like, to me, that's like, that's the least I can do. Like, it's such a, like, it, it's not a small thing, but it to me, it it's like something that you can do and you don't know what someone's going but through. But it's not but like, effort. That's the important yeah, thing, Yeah, right? it's like, you know, someone that's thinking, like sitting on the fence, not sure what they're going to do next. And then they see this community of people where we're just like overly loving each other and overly supportive and you can say anything. And it's just like, we're here for you. We'll work it out together. I think, you know, pe- there needs to be more of that. I think in, in, in pretty much every walk of life, more support is the thing that people want the most. You know, it might not be the thing they identify as what they want the most, but but just imagining like in, in you know, in your home life, in, in in chores, in work, in academic life, having someone says, oh, I will handle that problem for you or I will help you with that problem or I will give you the tools that you need to solve that problem. That's that's life changing. Mm-hmm. And sure. uh, like I I've kind of 
worked on this don't be an ass rule. You know, <laughs> it's there's things that that I've witnessed where I'm like that that's not the way that that should be. You know, yeah. now now that this is this is my project, I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen. And in one of those cases, it was um, I felt that that when I was working uh, full time for an employer, that the freelancers weren't really treated that well after they left. You know, once mm-hmm. they were no longer working on the project, nobody really bothered letting them know when the project was up for awards or, you know, if it was showcased somewhere. Um, so when I was leading my first project, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to take down everyone's email and I'm just going to do a group email whenever cool stuff happens with this project. Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel like that that's not being an ass. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> That's and, actually really cool. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> it's actually nice. It's yeah. like, Aww. like down to the, down to like the makeup artist who did a really good job on makeup. And sure. I would just yeah. be like, Hey, check it out. We're getting this, you know, recognition. And, and one of those people, um, messaged me and said, listen, I've been talking to these people in Ireland. They're doing a, uh, a, a conference at the, at the, the, um, screen training Ireland. Uh, I want to, I want to, I want to give them your name. Would you be up to talking to them? And a week later, I was on a plane to Ireland to go talk to the the, the screen training people there and give wow. a, a presentation. And it's just, I've kept friendships that yeah. way. I've, you know, like made connections to other businesses that way. And I think it's, it's never been coming from this, like, I'm going to, it's going to come back and it's going to be karma. <laughs> and it's going to be good. It was just, no, yeah. people want help. I'm going to give them help when I can. And, and that's. Yeah. It's you, just you get what yes. you give. A lot of times yeah. you get what you give. I, 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 every time I've done the first next step thing, one of the most gratifying things is someone will always come up at the end and go, thank you so much for giving me this chance to speak in front of people like me. And I'm like, I, I just I emailed the owner of the bar and said, I want to do this thing. And she said, OK. And you came. That's amazing. I can't believe you stood up. And I, it doesn't occur to me that people get nervous. It doesn't occur mm-hmm. to me that that this is a courageous thing on their behalf. And I always find it so gratifying. And I got to say, like, watching you react to people talking to you on Twitter mm-hmm. is, is it must feel really great, especially to watch it build and watch more and more people engage with you. That that must be a really good feeling. Well, I also think a lot of people are nervous to do things because you just feel like you're going to get hate. Like, a lot of people I talk to are like, oh, I don't want to start my YouTube channel or I don't want to post on Instagram or I don't want to do a podcast because they have this insecurity. Like all of a sudden you're going to put yourself out there and all this hate is going to come and all this judgment is going to come. And I think it's really cool when you actually find the opposite. Like I put a, I put a lot of myself out there and for how much content I have out there over the last decade plus, like it's overwhelmingly positive the response I get from people and the support I get from people and I think that's where I want people to know that like if you do take a chance like I'll be in your corner like if you try something and it's a bit of a mess or like it's not perfect (laughs) or whatever like it happens but people have this like scared thing and like I know I do too it's like right before you post something you're like oh here we go everyone's gonna come out and tell me how stupid I am (laughs) and like I'm not a very good writer and I write all the time and I I do what everyone tells you not to do I write something off the top of my head on my phone and I post it all over the internet and I don't read it and I don't edit it I know there's gonna be a typo but once you get past that and like the typo police come out and you're like cool so you haven't posted on the internet in 10 years and you came after me for one typo cool fair like I'm moving on and if you can kind of go to bat and like kind of team up with people that are also scared and be like if you post something like I'm going to support you and I'm going to be there as you continue to improve and evolve. I think it gives people that confidence that maybe they don't have at first and it allows them to like make a mistake and like try something and post something or, you know, just do it. And if it doesn't work out, you'll be okay, and there'll be something else for you to try. Well, there's something to be said for and and probably what is being happening to you is there's a difference between giving from a selfless place and giving from a selfish place. So when you share online and it and and you're watching someone who you know for a fact that the only reason they're sharing is because of ego versus mm. sharing because they want to help, mm-hmm. those are two very different things. And that's why people get a lot of hate when they share from a selfish place. Shannon, I, I, I let me ask you, I'm going to ask you both, but what has been the best exchange in the past five um, 
I almost want to call them episodes, but <laughs> the past five instances of Women X work, what, what would you say is the most gratifying exchange you've had? It was 100% that um, woman who was a new mother. Uh, she was so excited and felt so supported, and we're going to keep saying support a lot. Um, but the thing is, again, I go back to it being very female-focused because a lot of women feel like they have to compete. We feel like there's not enough space. The glass ceiling is still very much there. And so we are put into a position that I think is a result of the patriarchy that forces us to fight against each other rather than supporting each other. So seeing other women being super supportive and especially a new mom who wants to find a way to work and still be a mom and stay at home, I think that's an amazing thing that freelance work lets us do. Um, it gives you the ability to spend more time with your family and not be judged in the workplace where it's like, oh, well, she's going to pick up her kid. I guess she doesn't care about her job, right. which is just this terrible sentiment that still exists and I hate it so much mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah I'm not opinionated by the way no that's <laughs> fine that's no fine. opinions uh, cool. <laughs> as someone that my, my my wife's going on a trip and I'm basically leaving work every day at 2.30 to pick our daughter up from school because my wife's going to be away and I've said this now every three days just to remind them <laughs> that at 2.30 I am getting the fuck out of class you know what I mean yeah, I'm, I'm, leaving, yeah. I'm leaving where I work and they keep going you keep bringing it up I said because in two weeks I'm going to pick up my helmet, I'm going to walk out the door, and you're going to go, where are you going? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. This is, and I'm not The words that made me quit the corporate world. (laughs) If I had, if, and if I. Going wherever the fuck I want, If I was a woman, it would be, it would be worse. It would really be worse. Yeah, it would. You know? They would be so much harder on it about it. Yeah. Well, so you always got to go for your kid? I'm like, well, I don't know, man. I've been prepping you for three goddamn months. Yeah, I see that a lot in the Uh, workplace. Like, I've worked with a lot of really amazing women who don't get the promotions they deserve just because, yeah, they leave at 3.30. The thing is, I, like, I'm very much in the mindset of, is the work done? Cool? Then go Mm -hmm. wherever the hell Mm -hmm. you want. Like, I was pitching a client recently and doing some work on the thinking of remote work. 67% of companies are, within the next couple of years, going to be comfortable with remote work. More than, like, so many people are just getting to that place where it's like, you know what? I don't give a shit if you're in the office. Is the work done? Amazing. Cool. That's all I care about. That is what I'm paying you to do. Get it done. But also part of that is the fact that those companies are going to go from a salary model to a, a gig Freelance model. model. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's not good for employees that desperately need medication and benefits and all that, sure. all that shit. It's, but, it's one of the most difficult parts of being a freelancer is, is knowing how to, to budget in those things that you didn't have to budget in before. Sorry. And, uh, no, I was just going to add, and that's, that's another thing, like what, what I find really inspiring and interesting about what you're doing is, is preparing people to work freelance. Uh, so I'm, mm-hmm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. back in school. Uh, Good for you, man. I'm taking my master's, which is really weird, and (laughs) I'm super old compared to everyone else. The thing that I've noticed in in one of the group projects that I'm working on is that we were talking about graduate fears, right? And a lot of people mentioned, you know, like, well, I've never thought about working freelance, but I have a feeling that, you know, when we get out of here, you know, I'm I'm moving into a workforce that's more increasingly or increasingly... Uh, moving towards freelance work, and 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 a lot of people are like, well, I just thought I'd go work for a company and they'd handle everything, and I just worked mm-hmm. there for for mm-hmm. twenty three years. Yeah, this and isn't like, the fifties. That's, that's not how it works anymore. <laughs> so I think, uh, and I think people are are ill prepared for that. I think yeah. people, I think th- that's probably where you're seeing a lot of, well, I don't want to assume, but. Um, a lot of the fears that people, in at least in my class, have seem to echo what you're you're hearing or what you're seeing on on Twitter. It's definitely scary for sure. Mm-hmm. Like getting understanding that if you work an hour, that's an hour worth of pay, and then if you don't work an hour, then you're not really making any money. I mean, the argument can be made that sometimes you're going to charge fees on a project base rather than an hourly base, and that's a little bit more secure. Um, so there, that discussion has been something that we've talked about a lot as well, whether you charge a rush fee, whether you charge project base mm-hmm. or hourly. Um, but I have one client who's like, keeps talking to her boss, say, just saying, you know what, we need to bring her on for full time because it's costing us a lot to pay her by the hour when we could just pay her for all the work that we need done. Because they keep coming back because they're happy with the work, but they're realizing that at the end of the day, it's quite expensive. Yeah, and that's that. I keep thinking that there might be this this possible timeline in the future uh, where 
uh, all these businesses are saying, hey, you know, we're going to go freelance. It's going to be so much cheaper. We're not going to have to pay for, for benefits. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be way easier on us. We'll just go freelance. And then they'll go freelance and realize that they need people full-time hours and are paying uh, like heavily for that. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to be like, well, maybe we should ask these people to come back full-time. And that then most people will be like, that happens I think, no, I know, but I just, I don't feel We're also at a transitional point with both, like, the both the side of the business and the employee and the freelancer, right? So we're talking a lot about the freelancer, but from a business perspective, there's no employee that has the level of loyalty that we would see 30, 40 years ago when somebody would get their gold watch and their badge at 20 years <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like a folder like like even in advertising I remember when I first started and people would tell me like oh the average time that someone spends at an agency is 18 months and I remember thinking like I had that same fear too I was like 18 months like I was just getting comfy like I thought I was gonna run this place soon like I didn't get that it was like literally supposed to be like a revolving door and it was like on to the next one on to the next one because I don't have a like a hopping mentality. Like right. I'm definitely a nester. Like anywhere mm-hmm. I work, I'm like, this is my place. These are my people. I'm wearing the sweatshirt. I'm drinking the coffee. I'm I brought my bobbleheads in. Like yeah. I love it. And Here's I love, cactus. like I love that <laughs> feeling of like, this is my spot. But yeah. then I would realize that like, there was a very like, businesses didn't want to get attached to the employees and employees didn't want to get attached to the businesses. Mm-hmm. And I think that is kind of where we're at, where employees are like, I want to do what I want. I want to pick my kid up when I want. I want, you know, the flexibility. And then businesses are like, okay, well, if you want to be flexible, then go be a flexible freelance worker, right? So what I think is like, there's a lot of things that are mutually beneficial that we're talking about that benefit both the company and the employee. We haven't gotten to a place where that is productive at this point. I can say that as a business owner and as someone who works remotely and freelance and I work with a lot of different types of people and it's really kind of muddy right now because I think everyone's just figuring it out. Right. Businesses are trying to not feel attached to employees because if they have to let them go or restructure or whatever, you know, and then employees are like, I have to look after myself. If I get a better offer, I'm out the door. I'm given Mm -hmm. two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. But that was not how people had jobs before. That's not how people had employees before. And I do think we have to come to a point where, you know, you should have a relationship kind of like you were talking about the freelancer when they're off the project. <coughs> well, you're going to have times where your employees are in full gear working hard on a project and you're going to have times where it's slower. Right. And as an employer, if you don't want to have a long-term relationship with that, then you don't get the perks, right? And mm-hmm. like, it's kind of, you have to give both ways. If you want to have a long-term relationship as an employee or as an employer, you have to kind of like know that there's going to be busy times, slow times, there's going to be advantages. And hopefully in the end, it works out and it, it has value both ways. Yeah, and I mean, I've, I've seen massive value in being freelance now. But I would say like, if you look at, for example, Shopify, they make a point of saying, work wherever you want, you can come into the office or don't. We have a badass office. Uh, so if you want to come in and have some craft beer and there's Red Bull in the fridge and there's snacks, um, cool, come in. But if you want to work at the coffee shop down the street, you can do that too. And I think understanding the mix of that gig economy, the freelance economy, and people who want the security of a full-time job is what's going to get them to have employees stay for such a long time. Yeah. Not yeah. just because they gave everybody stock and they're worth billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. I just think, because I, I, every time I've been to a place, and like I've been to Google, and, and uh, not worked there, obviously, because I'm an idiot, but I mean, like I've been to Google <laughs> and, and taken around, and they're always like, why don't you get something from the cafeteria? I'm like, well, I just ate, and I'm not hungry, and that's good. Well, we have beer. And I'm like, and ice cream. And ice cream. <laughs> Would you like some ice cream? I'm like, no, fuck, man. I don't want to eat. This is, what, <laughs> this is how you keep people coming in, right? Like, you yeah. provide all the food so they don't have to eat at home, right? You pay them really well, but you give them a bunch of food, a bunch of drinks. They don't need to leave the house. Or, sorry, the office. <laughs> I'm like, are you trapping them? Or are they, like, it, is, like, it is a trap. It used to be how advertising did it. Advertising yeah, was like, they, advertising, they, they advertising was set up so that you partied with your coworkers, so you stayed at the office It's longer. the same. It's still the same. Yeah, 100%. totally. Oh, yeah. Beer Friday every Friday. Yeah. I used to Friday. take the Beer leftovers from the fridge, from the catered lunches home oh, for yeah. like a year. And then finally, I, when I was like leaving, I told everyone that I did it. And I was like, <laughs> you know, all those leftovers, I had just been pouring them into my purse. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like just, a salad dressing. Just yeah, I did. Going. I just yeah. imagine that as like the the you know like the the, the mic drops 
speech as you're leaving, and everyone's just like, it's pretty close. It was pretty Remind close to that. Sandwich at the wall. Yeah. Take that. <laughs> it was yeah. pretty close. I took all your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, when we started in advertising, they did not pay us well. No, no, no. Like, like at all. It's, it's, I mean, we it's, needed yeah. the free lunches in the fridge. We we've needed all to worked, take them We've home. all worked at a number of agencies. Yeah. You and I met at Cassette, I yeah. believe. So like Fjord and... It was just the way it was, you know. You all left at the same time because mm-hmm. you were all working late, and yeah. you all worked late. And you had to eat something, so you went to the pub and you went and had a bunch of beers, oh. and you stuck out and stayed out late because you didn't have kids, you didn't have spouses, you didn't have shit. <laughs> I was gonna say, and then you anyone know? that was married, they'd be like sneaking out into the parking lot, be like, "I'm just stuck in the boardroom. Oh, we just have to get this out by the end <laughs> of the was, night." Was, and you're like, "He was really dicking around <laughs> the banners." Yeah. Oh, shh. <laughs> yeah, and then you hear everyone no. in the background. <laughs> Felix, I think. Come on, man. I think the the three years having left full time, the fact that I don't use the snack table as dinner, breakfast, and lunch, yep. uh, has has contributed very well to my health. <laughs> so I'm happy for that, and so is Kim. I don't think there's and 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 like you know, as someone who is an employee of a of a, I mean, a school, but I'm an employee. Uh, having not had benefits for an incredibly long time, uh, my daughter got a root canal and it was ten dollars. You know, like mm-hmm. to not pay yeah. cash for stuff. My entire family got glasses, whether they needed them or not. <laughs> Everyone gets You're like, all right, everybody, we're going for massages. <laughs> my, my, my daughter, who's who's like seven and a half, she she's I, my wife got new glasses. She goes, I want new glasses, so she brought her brought her in, and, and the, the eye doctor's like, she doesn't need glasses, and my, my wife's like. Just give her something. It doesn't. They could be glass. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And she hands over the the benefits card, and the, and the woman's like, "This is weird. <laughs> like nobody. Oh, oh yeah, your benefits are great. You should yeah get two pairs. You know what I mean? Like it's just one of those funny things that you yeah. don't do as a freelancer. You don't take care of yourself as well yeah. as you should. That's actually something I talked to a couple of freelancers about a while ago because I'd heard these uh, women talking, and they were like, "Yeah, I'm doing freelance now because I'll need like." insurance and I'll need benefits and stuff like that when I'm older and I was like wait okay let's just like unpack what's going on in your head right now and they're like yeah because like right now like nothing's wrong with me and like (laughs) everything's fine and I don't I don't go to the doctor that much I don't like need anything I have good vision and I'm like that is something you have today you don't know if you'll have it tomorrow and I'm like this is something that we should talk about because what you're telling me is it's just like tomorrow you is going to deal with it. And like, that's not good because if it does, I'm like, that will just be a huge transport truck that comes over and destroys your freelance career. Cause you, if you can't work or you aren't able to, or whatever happens, like that's not something that you can just put off and assume that it's going to be okay. Like Mm -hmm. you have to kind of figure out what you would do or what would happen and everything like that. And I thought that's a really kind of dangerous mentality to be like, well, I don't need it. Like, I'm good. I mean, to be fair, going back to talking specifically about women, it's also think about companies that match your maternity payout, Mm. right? Like how many women are like, okay, I'm going to be off for 12 months. The EI isn't enough. The the maternity and paternity leave thing, I I, I find that really interesting. And I I find... Um, what you were saying before about, you know, there, there are, there's this, uh, perception of, oh, well, you know, if, if, a, if a woman goes home to take care of her child or her children, you know, well, then she's, she's not devoted to the, to the company or to the business. And, and my, my thought is always, oh, so you never had a mom then, I'm assuming, <laughs> like, you know, like. Fuck those people! Like you don't know anybody who is in that situation. Like I, I don't get it. I don't understand how how that mentality can persist. But I, I agree. It try does. being a woman. No, <laughs> like, but I try actually sitting there and being like, really? Why are you guys so fucking <laughs> dumb? But at the end of the day, like what you're saying is right. You don't question the woman. You question the person that is looking at the woman. Yeah. That's, oh, you, you know, need to call that. them out. Yeah. Like, that's 100%. the thing, and I think that's what. I like when people are more vocal about it because we always say like, oh, that's so ridiculous. But it happens all the time and anyone can kind of course correct that behavior. And I think if you work with people like that, I like I think that's the same way you can show your support too. like show that person that might feel insecure about getting up early to put their helmet on. Like, why are you making a weird comment? You're trying to make it weird. You're trying to make that person feel uncomfortable. <laughs> why not be like, hey, 
hope your kid had a good day. See you yeah. tomorrow. Like, yeah. there's ways yeah. that you can make people feel comfortable, even if you're not the manager, even if you're not the boss. If you know that's your colleague, your coworker, I'm not yeah. a mom, I'm not a parent, but I've worked with them before, and I know that I can be supportive to them. And I know they And exist. I could be like, <laughs> they do, they do but that's what I would do. Like, if I knew you were worried about yeah. that, I'd be like, hey, hope it, everything's good. All you need to do is, like, all you, you can, need to do is remember that mm-hmm. the per- like of course, it, uh, what it's easy. the thing is is what that says is you forgot you f- you couldn't be bothered to remember that one thing or you remembered you know? and you're trying to make me feel bad yeah well mm-hmm. and that's I've mm-hmm. happened that's worse. that's yeah. that's even worse mm-hmm. bad bad aggressive. bad is you forgetting yeah. and even worse is you being an asshole about yeah. it <laughs> yeah. i mean seriously yeah and like, I, like that that whole concept of why don't we give why don't we give a woman who's got a go take care of her kids the same consideration we would like it's like oh my god you're such a great dad no i'm a parent who's got to pick her, his daughter up from school that doesn't make me a great dad it makes me the person that's not going to let my daughter get abducted abducted <laughs> you know on this abducted ab, abdominals <laughs> It makes street. it makes you a dad. It makes, it makes a, you just a dad. I mean, I will me say I hate the idea that we all have to, and it, working in advertising, it happens all the time in terms of content sure. that we put out there. Everyone is always talking about doofus dad, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and it's like, they'll say babysitting. Like, yeah, are you going right? to babysit? No, no, you're not babysitting. I'm being a parent. You're being a parent. Yeah. You are a dad. You yeah. have a child. That is your job. I call it solo dadding. That's all I call it. <laughs> but when you think about that whole lifestyle element of like people needing to leave early, you know what? To be totally honest, the office can be a bit of a distraction at times. I can get work oh, done yeah. at home in like two hours, and in the office it would take me six. Yep. So when I'm saying I'm leaving at 2.30 or 3 o'clock, I'm going to go walk my dog. I'm just going to go hang Doesn't out. Doesn't mean you're friends. not working. Doesn't mean I'm not working. Mm-hmm. Yep. The work is done. And I think that is the – whether you're full-time or freelance, the only thing I'm here for is is the work done cool because I don't mm. owe you anything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's the um, I'm sorry Shannon, I, can, could you just take a look at this uh, design and I wanted to see if it matches your strategy and you know, you're like I'm busy. <laughs> you can email that I'm, to me. Yeah. I can give you I'll my point of that view later. in a Google Doc. Yeah, that that was one of the first things that I really noticed. I was like, wow, I got a lot done this morning. There was no one here to, to interrupt me. Right? Yeah. I have a blue ribbon at home that I keep to hand out to people who piss me off and it just says <laughs> thanks for that meeting that could have been an email. <laughs> and it's like one of those thanks for participation medals. Like it's a blue and has a little gold oh. banner. It's my favorite thing. Like do you leave the house with it to yeah. give it to the person yes, as opposed to just, just take a photo of it and just say, I've email never it to seen them? it, but I believe her. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I believe, believe you. her. There's a ribbon and I believe that she's given it out. Oh, yeah. I've handed it to you people. I want to get a gift like, out of a bunch it. Of them. That glints. Yeah. Just make a gift that glints. It's so much more. Shannon would give them the ribbon and like say that to them, and then I'd be like, "Don't worry, we can work on that." Everyone has different (laughs) Uh, communication styles. Maybe you're a face-to-face person. Sorry, I I actually (laughs) only have one of those. I need that back. (laughs) (laughs) But it is my favorite thing. I need it printed out in buttons because I'm like, seriously, you are all the worst. That could have been an email. Yeah. We didn't need to sit for an hour and talk about something. And then you leave and they're like, that's why she's not full-time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep her on contract. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she works from home and she keeps that ribbon there. <laughs> we only bring her in when we have to. Shannon, I'm with you. I like the ribbon. <laughs> oh, I fucking love the ribbon. Don't get me wrong. I have actually said that in meetings. This yes. could have been an email yeah. and I don't know why we're all here. And like, Or, or to the effect of... What do you get charged? What do you get? What do yeah. you charge the company? Add up the hourly charges. Yeah. And we're Add all sitting we here. Charge the client. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. that's a director level person. So that's like what two hundred dollars an hour. That's an ACD. So maybe like two ten, two twenty. And then you just think about it, and you're like, that's an hour of time, and yeah. we just spent three spent grand. Like three grand. Three grand. <laughs> it's just that's stupid. Yeah, and that's without a doubt that's the account person's fault. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Oh, yeah. Project managers don't like meetings like that. No. Account people do. They like to sit around and go, so, how's everybody doing? Yeah. Oh, my God. Is that seriously the meeting we're having? Yeah, it's, and then everything is, well, Because my friend Shannon online. has a ribbon for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm texting her right now. <laughs> Shannon. But, like, inevitably in those meetings when nothing gets done, they're like, guys, I think we'll take that offline. And I'm like, but aren't we here to discuss the thing? Yeah, hate you all. <laughs> take it offline. I was offline until you brought me in here. Now I'm online, dude. That's the way it goes. Now I'm online. You've all made me mad, and I'm gonna go drink. I gotta get my ribbon. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call Meg, and we're going to go drink at a bar and talk about how much we hate And you. it's 3 o'clock, and I shouldn't be drinking this early, but I'm going to do it because I'm spiteful. Because I do what I want. Because <laughs> I do what I want. As long as the dog is walked, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to drink at the bar near my house so I can walk my jog and then go yeah. have a go have a That pint. is exactly what we do. I am not uh, new to this. <laughs> There's a reason I look like a pear. Because I enjoy beer in a lot of situations. Heads up. More dog walking. Yeah. So. What? I, <laughs> it's possible we we do, we uh, devolved into just plain old conversation, which I do truly enjoy. But since we pay by the hour, I'm not. <laughs> no, I, what I'd like to do is um, I'd like to invite both of you to uh, add something that you feel you weren't asked, that you'd like to volunteer. Is there anything you feel was left out of this conversation that, that – You'd like to just add. We can start with Shannon or we can start with Meg. Whoever wants to start. Oh, that looked Meg, like a Meg's nod. looking at me. <clears throat> I, th- <laughs> I think the, the number one thing that I would communicate to any freelancer, male, female, whatever, um, know your worth and know your value and don't allow anyone to try and take that from you. Like I've had so many people try and get me down to way lower than my rate but at the end of the day, I've been doing this for 11 years. I ran the first ever promoted trend on Twitter when there wasn't even a Twitter office in Canada and I was working with California and had to be up to make sure it worked because the time difference was terrible. So at 12.01 in California, it was not 12.01 in Toronto. And I was up making sure that everything was running properly. I've been working in social and digital for so long. I feel like it's really important not to let anyone take that away from me. Um, and it happens a lot in the freelance space because people assume that you aren't working because you can't, not that you aren't working because you can do more fun stuff and have more time with your dog and more time with your friends and more time to take on different projects, um, and be creative and explore. So because of that, I say the most important thing for me always is know your value, know your worth. Well, that was good. I have have nothing to add. Follow me on Twitter. I'm just kidding. Follow you on Twitter. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Follow me this I don't need your follow. Uh, (laughs) We met on Twitter. Uh, Yeah, I met a lot of people on Twitter. That's uh when Twitter was cool. Oh. Like when it first started and tweet ups were a thing. Meg and I met through like because when Twitter first started in Toronto, you just tweet people and be like, yo, do you want to, like, go for a drink? And people would. You could just be like, mm-hmm. guys, I'm hungry. And someone would be like, you want to go get a sub? Yeah. I had my boss actually pull me aside once and was like, if you're always checking into Foursquare, that means people know when you're not home. And what if they break into your home? And I'm like, oh, dear. This is going to be hard for you over the next couple of years. <laughs> and second of all, I love that you think I have a house in Toronto. <laughs> wow, aren't I fancy pants? Like, no. Nobody's you... breaking into my ghetto apartment. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I leave the door open just in case. Yeah. Um, okay, so the thing that I would want to let people know, um, I know your podcast, you guys talk about, like, failing and stuff like that. And I do think it's all... I'm not failing. You don't like to use the word failing, but like things that don't get filtered. Like you said, you're changing it. You make it stupid. No, I know you don't like that word. Guys, it's, come not on, about, it's not about failing. Not failing, but like things that you're learning. Sure. What's the yeah. positive spin you put on that? Success. <laughs> you tell me what no, it's no, about. No, 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 no. It's okay. This is, it's okay to say it's failing. We just say it's in, everything's incomplete. We, nothing's failed. We just couldn't sell it. it. It doesn't mean we failed. Yeah. We just didn't finish couldn't it. Couldn't sell it. Yeah. Okay, so that's what. Okay, couldn't sell it. I like that. That's better. Well, it's called can't sell this. I, mean, <laughs> I know, but I was saying like failed, as in like you tried to and it didn't work. No, not not hardly. But Usually like, it's just gave up. You tried to, and then in it's just in gray zone area. Yeah, whatever. yeah. A lot of cases, that's how it is. But I think the thing that I've learned like a lot, even just with like the people that you guys have talked to and stuff, I think there's an area where it's like you have to just do it anyway so like whatever's holding you back whatever doubts are playing around in your head whatever thing like stories you've made up you have to actually like prepare yourself for that thing so like if you don't sell it or doesn't go through or you can't make that money that you thought you can't close that deal or whatever like actually learn how to play yourself through those scenarios so that they're not scary anymore so one of the things that I always like to do for like business owners or entrepreneurs or people who are afraid of rejection or people who are afraid of like putting an idea of there, especially I work with a lot of startups, 
like they're just terrified and I I love to play around with the idea of like you know and then what happens so they don't you, you know you don't get it and then what and then every no no one likes me and then what well then I have no friends and then what and then what and just go to it's the like an worst, improv improv worst thing right and, thing. and what or something like but that. then the, the thing that I like to do different is like okay now what's going to be the thing that makes you get up and do it all over again. Yeah. And that's usually the interesting part where you actually sit and think. And I know that there's been times where I'm just like, oh, I'm exhausted. Like, not again. But then, okay, what's the thing? What's going to get you back up? What's going to get you back in the ring? What's going to mm. make that resilience in you shine and make you that person that's going to just keep going at it? And I think everyone has it. But I think there's a lot of people that are stuck in that first area that are just stewing it all over in their head and they haven't got past whatever that fear is. So play it out. Take it to the worst end that you can and then figure out what's going to get you back. Do And talk to your friends about it. Everyone has an idea. Everyone has a book that they want to write. Everyone has a show that they want to do. Everyone has a place they want to travel to. Everyone has something that they're putting off. And the reasons are usually smaller than we think. They're usually not as scary as we've made them out to be. And we actually are a lot more powerful than we think. And there's a lot more people that are supporting us to do those things than we think. So I think there's, if everyone can think, kind of think of that. And then if you don't have anything, you can always just like message me and we'll just brainstorm something and we'll come up with something. <laughs> you know? You can also follow New Screen, Meg's business on Twitter. I have a business. It's called well, New we'll, Screen. We will. We will link, we'll, you'll be linked in the show notes yeah. for sure. Just yeah. kidding. What's your business called, Shannon? I just my name, man. Shannon Hunter. <laughs> well, I I I don't actually do it in the way that Meg does. My freelance work is just like I'm a strategist. Come work with me because okay. most of the work that I do is also so many NDAs. Um, <laughs> like <laughs> I can't share the strategy behind sure. the creative. So like all of the stuff that people would put on a website, there's very little for me to put on a website. Yeah. It's like I do strategy. I tell you how to make stuff awesome and how to get customers to buy your shit. Right. Yeah, see, there you go. That's that's my website. I'm just going <laughs> to get on Wix. Oh, can I share I one more thing? It. I just learned this today. Okay. I yeah. think this is really cool, and I don't know who to credit for it. But I, heard I feel a, like you're going to make a sound effect. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I thought about it. I heard a woman today, so I was at Elevate, and I heard a woman today talk about this idea that she's trying to start this movement for women to create uh, like a fuck-off fund. So every woman yes, should have this fund where it's like, if you want to get out of your job, get out of your relationship, or get out of your situation. So it's like this like fund that you start on the side, and you can have like other women where you figure out like ways to like add to it because it's not supposed to like ruin your current situation. But it's like this fuck off fund that she's like trying to get women to start. Right, it's a pyramid really scheme, cool. by the way. That's called a Ponzi. I don't know how I get money off of it. I don't know. I have, it has nothing to do with me. But if anyone wants to start one with me, I'm down. All right, we should start a fuck off fund, and then we'll just like. Move to the beach. I'd probably just spend it on a weekend or something. But See, this be, is why you can't allow other people to contribute if you're just going to fuck off with them. <laughs> That's no, why it's, it's called a private little. <laughs> it's like your private little piggy bank, but for like grown yeah. ass women. Oh, 100%. Yeah, we, Meg and I would just buy the most expensive champagne and go sit on a beach for like a weekend and be like, ah, oh, shit, we spent all the fuck off money. I, listen, I remember the first time I went freelance and, and, and a friend of mine was like, oh, did you save up six months of salary? And I was like, save up. <laughs> like, I just, I was desperate the second I left. Yeah. But I, but I yeah. picked up a freelance job, yeah. so I was already working. But I remember him going like, oh, yeah, six months of salary. That's how I started. Like, how the fuck did you save up six months? It's like when I started my company, my one of my investors is like, okay, so, like, let's talk about runway. And I'm like, Fashion? <laughs> <laughs> like, airplanes? My way brain went. Airplanes? Yeah, and he's like, do you guys have six months of runway? And I'm like, is this still fashion? Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. You do work with a lot of fashion clients. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's because I can talk both. Like, I can go really, really hard into tech, and then two minutes later, I can be like, what's the cutest thing for fall? Like, I can really just go back and forth. <laughs> it's not a pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> it's tech. It's tech. Yeah. yeah it's tech. <laughs> tech yeah. is the hottest trend for fall. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Pumpkin spice. Computer chips. Augmented reality. Well, then, uh, um, uh, St- Stefan, unless you have something to add, which you probably do, but you I, might not. I did, and I forgot it. Well, that's perfect. I remember what it was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that, I, that I've, I've come to realize about freelance work now is that the, the, the stress that I feel about, holy shit, where's the money coming from next month, is infinitesimal compared to the the stress of being in a company going holy shit what the fuck is going on here yeah. <laughs> and this job sucks so much this and job sucks and now so much. i'm like wow it, it it's working out 
And I don't really have to stress about it as much as I have. Mm-hmm. So right. that, that, that's what I would add. Bye. Great. Well, <laughs> then, I, on, then on behalf of me, Hugh Elliott. And myself, Stefan Grambart. We want to thank... Meg Button. And... Shannon Hunter. For being our guests. It has been a truly joyful experience. I we are to... joyful. You're Thanks a little for bit... for having us. Thank, thank you. you so much. And... I'd... Boop. Backwards boop. 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 Like a David Lynch version. Boop. Sounded like boop. That's it. Clickety click. Barbie trick. This episode of Can't Sell This was produced in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All creative content contained in this episode is copyright Stefan Grambart and Hugh Elliott. Intro voice by Jeff Wright. Intro music track is Energy by Not Of from their 2015 album Peak. Questions or comments can be sent to admin at can'tsellthispodcast.com. Any other information can be found at can'tsellthispodcast.com. I miss you.